0: This is the World That's Interesting Tech podcast, showcasing technologies, leaders and companies who aspire to make the world a better place for all of us. Coming up in today's show.
1: It's all about innovation and some of the possibilities as to what we can do are quite staggering. You've got to start somewhere and do some things and then see where that leads you to the next activity.
0: Hello and welcome. Today I'm very excited to be joined by Ian Caveney, Head of Tech for Good at BT. So Ian, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, please introduce yourself and tell me, what do you do as Head, head of Tech for Good?
1: I generally describe it as, as a bit of a business development role. Um, I work within the uh, digital impact and sustainability team at BT, which essentially is a CSR team. But, but my, my role is very interesting in the sense that I'm there to drive tech innovation within the different parts of BT that essentially can deliver positive environmental outputs or can deliver positive societal impacts.
0: Why do you do this? There's there's a million <laughs> things you could be doing, but what brought you here?
1: The bulk of my background has actually been in in brand strategy and, and, and advertising and communications. Um, and I suppose it was back actually working on the launch of the EE brand uh, back in 2012, where actually my, my eyes sort of be open to the idea of purpose and, and responsibility and, and, and I think that was part of the fact that we were really looking to embed the idea of uh, uh, you know responsibility and sustainability into the eE brand at that time and then from that the classic thing one thing led to another so when an opportunity came to actually take up and lead the sustainability team at EE I was sort of thought this is a once a lifetime opportunity to, to sort of take a take a sideways move into a, a new area uh, I've I've kind of sort of forged this air of belief, you know, the technology that telecoms providers deliver has a great ability to, to sort of have the transformative impact on on, on people and communities and societies mm-hmm. as a whole. So I think it's kind of always been something that I've been being a tech optimist. I've really focused on that.
0: What is it that you hope to be able to contribute to, to, the, global, uh, to the global kind of um, race towards these wonderfully coloured charts? Yeah. Which one really excites you and you think most passionately about?
1: Well, i think it's interesting i mean over time i've really got to focus on, on on the climate crisis um and i think that's you know there's lots of issues that that we need to address across the world but i think you know fundamentally and personally for me the climate crisis is fundamentally so entwined with everything else that if we don't get that thing right then none of the other sdgs are really potentially going to matter in my role we've we've Got a clear focus on climate action. The organisation as a whole has been a climate leadership organisation for a number of years. So we've got the backing and support within the business to drive activity in that area. And you know, it's it's a bit cheesy, but it is that simple thing of you know I want to make sure that uh, you know I can look my kids in my eye in the eye when I'm older and say, look, I was there trying to solve things about the climate crisis. I was just carrying on blindly doing nothing about it. I I sort of really try to sort of do the best I can within the role I've got and it's all about innovation and some of the possibilities as to what we can do uh, are quite staggering. Um, But but it's, yeah, it's about, you know, you've got to start somewhere and and do some things and then see see where that leads you to the next activity.
0: How do you see, you know, people looking at you at telecoms trying to do tech for good? And do you have to explain it much or do you have to talk about the things you enable? Yeah, well, I think
1: the whole enablement piece is a critical part of it. And I think, you know, you've hit a nail on the head there, which is, you know, the, the mobile networks, the fit networks that telecoms providers across the globe provide are essentially that, that, that backbone, that platform that other people can then build upon to, to deliver the tech solutions. Um, and a lot of it is about how you as a telecoms company can either accelerate activity in those spaces, how you can sort of create opportunities for that. I mean, a lot of the work that BT's done over time has sort of focused on the climate impact of its products and services. So um, that positive carbon target that we had at BT, which we actually um, met last year, actually, in the whole sense of you know, for every one of carbon that BT produces, it enables our customers to save three times that amount for the products mm-hmm. and services through video conferencing, through mm-hmm. other elements. So, you know, that, that kind of, enablement element is, is there and in a lot of the work I've been doing in the last 12 months is is that it can't be climate on its own it has to be climate impact as well as broader business benefits that you're delivering uh, wherever possible um, and I think that whole commercial lens to it is is essential um, otherwise you know it's technical good activity is going to be reliant on philanthropic funding or, or that kind of thing and that, that's not going to drive the systematic change that that's required so a lot of my work, you know, although I come from the sustainability team, actually has an overt commercial lens to it because it has to have value and it has to have, you know, longevity and to be able to fund itself. You're selling things that have a positive impact, and it's you know, profit with purpose. You know, you know that 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 is a key thing I believe in. Is that, that yeah, you, you can get the two things where you can deliver profit, but you can also have a positive impact at the same time. And I think that. The whole groundswell in ESG uh, from the investor community as well is, is absolutely leading that. And yeah, I, I suppose having that buy-in and support from the top of the house. So, you know, this is something whereby the CEO, or the chairman believe in, in what it is that we're doing here. And it's, it's embedded into the overall business strategy, actually, in the sense of, you know, what, what BT should deliver. It should be helping to deliver a bright, sustainable future. That's, we, we've got the, I suppose, the license to do what we want, what we need to do. Um, the tricky bit though is is making it happen as you probably know in any organisation it, it's great to have words on PowerPoint decks and, and to have a nice purpose and, and all these sort of things but driving that within a commercial organisation and driving that with you know, people who are often have a lot of short term targets is can, can be tricky but you know, I have to say people are open to it, um, people realise that there's a reason why we should be doing these sort of things and, and yeah, so it's just that bit mm-hmm. of a a process and a journey that that a business like BT is
0: going on. Is this for good movement um, and um, kind of momentum, particularly with the ESG funding that you mentioned, is it different today than it was CSR, you know, 10, 15 years ago?
1: Yeah, I I really believe it is. Um, I think that the, you know, for an organisation like BT, it, it can be a transformational organization in the UK, for example. You know, We're making a once-in-a-lifetime investment in the UK's broadband infrastructure, the mobile infrastructure. And the idea of profit with purpose, I think, is, again, sort of, if you don't have sustainability embedded in the overall company strategy, which, again, to be fair, we've we really probably only just cracked that in the last 12 months that, that it appears. It's not just a kind of, oh, and we do sustainability, by the way, <laughs> it, it is. No, it's, it's on there, on the, the, the one slider that, that covers the overall uh, strategy. And we've getting lots of questions from the investors, you know, well, are you going hard enough, are you going fast enough. How are you embedding that into the business? And, and you know, it is to a sense, it's still something that if you spoke to most people in the business, they wouldn't necessarily realize that some of the work they're doing is, is driving change. But actually, it is. Um, but I think it's sometimes that realisation of you know, people can do more themselves within a business. Now, any sustainability or CSR team, as it may be still called, is only going to be a few people. You know, And, and if I take BT, you know, there's over 100,000 people. So we, we, as ourselves, aren't going to manage and deliver everything. We have to look at how we embed that change, how we embed that work within the business. And essentially, that's really kind of I go back to describe my, my role as a business development role is kind of looking at uh, <clears throat> how we can create the right circumstances or the right opportunities to do tech like this. But then the idea is, is once you prove the opportunity, prove the case for it, then there's nothing to stop the different parts of the business to take ownership and drive it forward.
0: You're not just disseminating ownership of those goals, but almost decentralizing it across the business, aren't you?
1: Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's a kind of <clears throat> again, a CSR team kind of can argue the day they don't have to exist, they've done their job because everything that needs to be done within the business is embedded. And I think you know that's that's not going to happen. You always need people to to have specialities and, and, and skills to, to drive this agenda and, and this this theme. But it's yeah, embedding and, and getting people to realize you know that it's they can exact the change. I mean, one of the examples I use is that one of the major projects I'm working on at the moment, which is the thing called a green tech innovation platform. Part of the the outcome we're driving to is that uh, different uh, commercial parts of the business will be delivering propositions. Now that's their job in the business is to deliver propositions. My my job in the sustainability team is not to do that, but I need them to deliver those propositions that have those positive environmental impacts as well as the broader business benefits. So it's kind of that thing of you're shepherding and moving and, and, you know, I was about to say coercing. That's maybe not the right word, but but kind of, you know, directing. sort of directing. That's yes, that's probably a better, a better, fair way of doing it. But but it and but it is, and actually, uh, it definitely isn't coercing as well. Actually, just to come back to that point, in the sense of,
0: if you know, if you want, I can make a make a banner across the bottom here and it says definitely not coercing.
1: Well, I think we. I mean, I could probably in, in sense of I think about when I started some of the work I was doing 12 months ago, talking about the importance of the climate action and us need to do things, and that was even pre-pre COVID. I didn't have anybody questioning the, the issue of climate as being something that's not there. <laughs> um, I think the biggest question was all well, yeah. So how do we do this? How, how do we drive this forward? How how can we make a difference? And and I think you know that is um, yeah. As I said a couple of times already, that that's kind of the challenge. To, it's what I enjoy actually. It's it's driving change and, and seeing things evolve and and seeing new tech is also that exciting as well. So it's it's kind of that, I suppose, that's why I love it.
0: Tell me about a project you've been working on that you're really enjoying and and why?
1: What I personally quite enjoy and sort of building on my brand background is actually how do you make that tech more interesting, easily understood? How do you position it in a way that makes it more compelling and exciting for people to to want to buy, to want to use? Um, And so that that angle is, is... is really interesting. The second bit with the Green Tech Innovation platform is this idea of partnerships um, and recognizing that you know, BT on its own cannot solve all the problems that, that its customers need to be solved. So the idea is that w- we look outside of our organization and think about what are the types of organizations who we can partner with
0: mm-hmm. to help
1: develop new products and services to, to augment our existing network provision and you know, working that partnership, then with customers, delivering proof of concepts, you know, building on that, and then the idea of scaling something out after that is it, it, is super exciting.
0: Who do you want to reach uh, to invite them to come and work with Eve?
1: Working very closely with an organisation called Plug and Play, a Silicon Valley-based organisation essentially drive a lot of innovation that they support and and fund a lot of early stage and scale up organizations. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, what they do, they work with a number of large corporates in terms of driving innovation agendas. So they they kind of meld both the corporate and the innovation community together. Um, And and they've been a sort of key partner on the whole green tech platform work around helping us scout, helping us find who's out there. Um, But then sort of driving the, the, that process towards um, you know, proof of concepts and things, which is essentially um, where we're at now. We, we had an event uh, at a, back in the January where we launched uh, the, the two mm-hmm. new partnerships that have come from that work. And now, um, mm-hmm. what's well, positive actually we had quite a few inquiries about proof of concept opportunities. And, and now sort of in the following weeks, we've just been having discussions with a lot of public sector customers here in the UK.
0: From a uh, general John or Jane on the street, How are they going to start to see the impact of the work that you're doing? How does that filter down out through all of these partnerships into our lives?
1: Some of it I might not notice, which is Mm -hmm. sometimes great in the sense of hopefully things happen in the background. Um, I think one one example, so so I'll talk about Iopt. So they are one of the partners we've signed up through the Green Tech Innovation Platform. Um, They're a Glasgow-based scale-up, and essentially what they offer is a... IoT solution for social housing. So essentially what they're able to do is to install sensors into housing, which will measure damp, mold, um, you know, heat, et cetera. And from that, you can basically um, essentially, and, and even sort of understand issues around fuel poverty, et cetera, which obviously is a big, big important issue. And, mm. and as part of their solution, what what they also have is, is a app they've developed which is, uh, you know, can actually act as a communicating uh, opportunity to tenants. Because again, issues of costs of, you know, damp and those sort of things, if you're able to stop them earlier, that then, you you know, you as a social housing provider can save literally thousands and millions of pounds. So so the idea is, is that there's a preventative maintenance element to it, but then also there's a actual element around having better communication with your tenants you know, you're not sending engineers out to check things that they don't need to check. So you're reducing travel. um, Mm -hmm. So that there's lots of, you know, and these are all, when you add up the the kind of the sort of business case benefits around, you know, preventative maintenance, savings, et cetera, along with the environmental benefits, what you then start to build Mm up is, you know, a massively good reason to to actually drive these sort of solutions forward
0: air quality is a thing that i've been spending a lot of time on um and having a lot of conversations on i've got this one over here the flow uh, yeah from, i built my own uh, as well <laughs> and from my old we met originally when i was at root metrics so taking some of those concepts i was working on an idea of almost decentralized hyper local air quality monitoring one of the interesting things I think that will
1: happen within climate over the next three to five years is, is the whole climate finance side of things which will mm-hmm. open up again going back to the investment side what what's going to drive it is is that um, you know I'm not a raging capitalist but at the same time the money does drive a lot of action so the fact if, if that there's you know, people are going to need to uh, invest in green activities to avoid paying too much in tax, et cetera, then that's going to lead, the regulatory things is going to lead things in a certain way. And then equally, better regulation around climate finance, that kind of thing is, is also going to give people confidence to do more in that space because, yeah, if you, there are always going to be companies, uh, you know, airline sector. Um, I don't think we're going to have a, an electric Boeing 747 anytime soon. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> or are we?
0: Oh. My my first interview. If you're watching <laughs> this, go and have a look at YouTube. Is with a company called Electric Sky, and they are mm. working on beaming electricity into the planes. Um, very, it's fascinating and right possible without go, killing baby. birds. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, so, yeah,
1: but it is, you know, there is, you know, there are going to be people who are going to need to use offsets in relation to their climate activities.
0: Till you make finance tied to your environmental impact or, or your purpose or your impact on any of these maybe yeah um, real genuine change is going to be very difficult
1: that will drive the action you need those government levers you need those sort of banking investment levers happening
0: we live in a capitalist world so if you're going to make change it needs to align with the world you live in if somebody was asking you you know where should I go you know to get to get inspired to do some good? Um, how can I get involved? What would you offer them as some words of wisdom or some inspirational pointers?
1: Look at different sort of tech blogs. I mean, the stuff you're doing, Scott, is sort of that sort of stuff for me. I think that that's a good place to start. I think what I find interesting, one of the things that, again, one of the projects I work on, so I'll do a quick plug on it, is um, a thing that actually BT have been working with an organisation called AbilityNet. And uh, we've been running something called the Tet for Good Awards for the last 10 years. Two years ago, a nine-year-old girl called Mahika Sharma, she came up with an idea of a smart stick for people who have sight loss. Um, Now, there are already um, smart sticks on the market for people with sight loss, but but Mahika designed hers in a very specific way, sort of looking at a very user-led approach to it. And, And so since her winning the award with that, I've been working with Mehika, but more importantly, working with the RNIB in the UK, which is the main uh, charity that works with people with sight loss. And we're actually looking at to see how we can help develop her idea and almost bring it to market.
0: So um, let's think a little bit into the future. Um, these these goals are quite ambitious and quite enormous. We don't really have a huge amount of time <laughs> to deliver on these. So what what are you what are you hoping will change? From a regulatory point of view from a policy point of view from just day-to-day business in order to help you achieve you know the progress that you want to achieve against you know, these
1: i think you do need the governments and, and the leaders to set ambitious targets and and, and to drive you know change um, but again it, it, it's got to come from in the businesses itself that you know companies have got to look at themselves and think right well, actually if you don't do something about the way we operate we might have, might not even be here in five to ten years so about that, that kind of need to, to drive it i think what what is maybe a bit of a gap is it's quite maybe it's nice and easy to say these things when you're working for a big blue chip organization like bt and, and you've got those big functions you know what would you do if you're an sme you know you've got it's hard enough to keep your head above water let alone worry about things like your environmental sustainability credentials etc but i think you know, supporting and where, where again, I suppose where governments can make a difference is exactly in that space. Is giving more guidance and more support to to companies to explain why it's important. So
0: before we wrap up, let me just remind anybody who, if you've enjoyed this video, please hit like and subscribe and all that general YouTube stuff that you have to do. And then it's just, it just remains for me to say, Ian, thank you so much um, for for joining me. This has been really good. And um, yeah, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Scott. All the best.
0: And that's it for today's show. As usual, a big thank you to our guests for joining us on the show and a big thank you for all of you for listening and tuning in. If you want to find out more about technologies, companies, leaders that are aspiring to make the world a better place and aligning to the UN sustainable development goals, check out our website, wellthatsinteresting.tech. You'll also find information below in the show notes that will help you find us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course, Facebook.